and welcome to uh, Real Time Real Estate with uh, Vin Fasezi. I'm I am your uh, recurring host, uh, Vinny Fasezi, and uh, today I'm very excited to have Citizens Bank's own Chris Massiello and Mike Novak, and uh, we're here to talk uh, home loans. So, um, you know, we're you know this is a real estate show, but we don't really talk about real estate a lot. <laughs> but but today, I guess we're more focused on it. Um, and uh, but you know, thanks for coming in, you guys. Um, I've known Mike forever. You know, we go back a long time, and Chris and I have, have become such close friends, right, Chris? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for uh, having us. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So, um, why don't you guys give me a little bit of your background, Chris? Start first. How, you know, what did you do before loans? Where'd you grow up? But you know, just give 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 everybody a little bit about you. Sure. Um, I'm from the uh, the mean streets of Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, when I got out of school, I moved to Colorado. Spent a couple years skiing trying to brighten my horizons, but when I came back, I really didn't have much of a direction, so I ended up somehow segueing back to what I studied in school. I worked in the environmental field for, I don't know, four years, and it was pretty uh, pretty fruitless, uh, to say the least. And then, totally by happenstance, I ended up um, befriending one of, the, one of the, I think the CFO of the company. He had a friend who worked in the mortgage industry. Uh, nice enough to kind of make an introduction Apparently, I did something right because they hired me. Uh, I think it was literally like the same day, but I don't think they were real too discerning. So your background wasn't financing? No, not at all. Which is funny because a lot of people tend to get into this industry with that background, and but you tend you you seem to have a good perspective of it, which is kind of cool. If you do it for a long period of time, you can't uh, you kind of <laughs> run into just about everything. So I feel like I'm relatively well versed on uh, most things financial. Everybody's got their specialty. I try to rely on those people for specific things, but the mortgage stuff I've. Uh, kind of nailed down, I think. You've been doing it for a long time? So I think this is my 10th year. I was at Wells Fargo for almost five, and I've been here for a little over four, and I had a short stint with uh, a now defunct uh, Countrywide. Oh, you were the one who, who did that to them? Yeah, it was basically <laughs> me. So. Uh, cool, man. Well, I mean, you know, it's it, so 10 years, you see the market go up and down, and it's... it's uh, I got in right, at, right after the housing crisis, so right after everybody made a lot of money. But you know what? I, I think, I, and, and you know, same with me. Like, I started in 2005, and the market was hot, but then it dropped. Yeah. But I think that kind of weeds out a lot of lot of people who really aren't cut for it, and it teaches you how to really work hard to get your business. Yeah, I can honestly say I could probably name two people out of the 50 people that I worked with those first couple of years that are still even in the business, never mind yeah. you know, that I know where they're at. Huge turnover. Yeah. So Mike Novak, Mike, you you had a different background, different path to working in, in home loans. What would you end up? I know you. Well, why don't you yeah. tell our, our our audience? Of so I did <laughs> I did about ten years in investment management. Worked for a couple different uh, investment management shops. Uh, yep. Shepard Kaplan and Boston Private Bank. Um, you know, got great experience there. But I uh, just was looking for something a little more entrepreneurial. Um, actually, Chris did my did my refi uh, back in like 2015 or 16, and. You know, I got to know him through that. Yeah. Um, actually, you were the one that re referred me over to him, and uh, just kind of kept it in the back of my mind when I was looking for something a little more entrepreneurial. A couple of years later, um, so now you know, there, he was he was uh, forgiving enough to to take me on, and uh, you know, show me the ropes into the industry. Well, yeah, I know, and so it's like kind of you get two different perspectives, and Chris is definitely an an awesome person to have as a mentor and kind of show you the ropes and. You know, you both uh, we're independent contractors, but we you know you lean on people as well for help. And you know, I still do that today. And um, so, working with citizens, though, is there an advantage to that versus like going to a mortgage broker or going to a credit union? I mean, it, what's what would you say is the best advantage of going to a bank like Citizens? Uh, for me, it was a personal choice. I worked at a big bank before. I never worked for a correspondent lender. It's a whole different world. But I have 
my network is relatively large. And yep. when you work for a smaller bank, you tend to be kind of logistically challenged. So when I decided to leave Wells, I wanted to go someplace where I'd be able to facilitate transactions in all 50 states. I do a lot of second homes, um, and I, I just didn't want the limitations. And to be honest with you, it's nice to be basically unlimited uh, as far as what you can do without having to be individually licensed in each of those states. So if you work for you know any of the any of the brokerages, which and it's not a bad thing, right? But most of those are <clears throat> regional. So let's say okay, you're individually licensed in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, right? which is great. But then if you want to work in other states, you either can't have to refer it out or you have to get individual. Kind of the same for real estate, actually. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm licensed in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, but, yeah. you know, other than that, I'm referring things out. But it's it's kind of interesting. I, would, I, you know, I think your industry and my industry is a little different because I have to almost be like boots on the ground where I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> for you guys, it's like you said, I know you do a lot of business like out in California yep. and Colorado, things like that. Yep, I've actually got a few... Right now, I've got stuff all over the place. I yeah. Just, uh, yesterday, have I got one in? We've got one in Arizona. Right. Um, we've got one in Florida right now. Yeah. Portland. Florida is big around here just because those, you know we're snowbirds. Is citizens have a big? Um, is it citizens a national bank, right? The footprint is the East Coast, basically yeah. running from here down to Georgia. Okay. Uh, they're starting to expand west of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. There's some plans to get bigger and bigger, but it's. Made a Fortune 500 this year. Stock's doing pretty well. It's actually a pretty good company, and they've been dumping a ton of money right. into mortgages. While a lot of big banks are getting away from the mortgages, Citizens is actually trying to attract more and more and grow. And you've seen quite a bit of turnover with the companies right now. And this year is going to be uh, a bloodbath, I would assume, <laughs> for mortgage companies, especially the smaller ones, between the compliance, the raise in rates, the lack of um, refinances. Yep. Um, and then just the overall lack of inventory from sales standpoint is going to drive down it's, those purchase numbers, and it's going to be tough for a lot of smaller yeah, it's, institutions. Yeah, it's, it's a big change in industry. And so, like, real quick then, for, like, a consumer, though, um, going to a bank like Citizens, though, you're, you're able to, like, you can you can compete really well, um, especially against a lot of the smaller brokerages because cause you have this backing, because you have the, the – what would you say? I think in the Fannie Mae world, the smaller loan world, you know, I, I honestly think that we're kind of fishing all from the same pond. I mean, rates should be right. relatively universal regardless of where you go. There may be some slight deviations there. On the bigger stuff where the banks are a bit more aggressive, the portfolio side, we're very aggressive, which is kind of the world that I, I live in. I think this is going to be advantageous for Mike because the bank has a ton of small, um, like, boutique products for first-time yeah. home buyers, and he, he has the, you know, he's... He's learned, he knows about four or five products that I don't even, didn't even know existed. Yeah. yeah. The bank gives you some variables uh, to work with. The correspondent lenders are great, but you have to go through a different channel for each of these products. So you go through Chase for your jumbo, you go through, you know, whoever for your whatever. I so mean, you, it's, it's basically knowledge. It's knowing the, it's knowing the products. Yeah. It's, it's being able to fit those products with the right buyer, understanding what works for them best. And Correct. And the platform, the platform yeah. at Citizens is robust, and it, it, it's expansive to all different types of buyers. Yeah. And they have different different types of loans for in different states too. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that's just advantageous, especially where we are right now. Where if you want to, we have buyers that like you probably say that might be looking in Massachusetts, but also in New Hampshire. Yeah. And we can you know flip flop and look at different loans. Which is great. Yeah. And to my to my point earlier, I had a, a borrower call in yesterday. I talked to him for five minutes, super nice kid, super qualified, small loan, first time home buyer, yeah. just leaving home. I was like, we, sh we definitely have something to cater to you. I sent it immediately to Mike, introduced the two of them because I don't even know about some of these uh, other programs, DHMs and MHPs, the mass housing partnership loans. Yeah. And he'll get, a, he'll get a loan out of that once that kid's ready to roll. Cool. So. Well, listen, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk maybe a little more of the nitty gritty of the process, maybe some tips for some buyers and kind of go from there.
Sound good? Center is located at 423 Howe Street in Methuen. We are conveniently situated between Route 213 and Route 97 in Haverhill. Celebrating 40 years, Growing Years accepts children ages 15 months through age 6. We are open from 6.30 in the morning to 5.30 and offer full and part-time openings. Growing Years is fully licensed through the Department of Early Childhood and Care, and all staff is teacher qualified. Registration is open for the summer and fall. Call today for a tour, 978-685-0975. Growing Years, a place where children can grow, love, and learn. Call us at 978-685-0975. Tell us, how do you prefer your air? Well, in the summer, I prefer my air cool. A nice 71 degrees, evenly circulated throughout the house. Okay, uh-huh. And I prefer it to be energy efficient, clean and low cost to run. No problem. And to avoid a breakdown, I prefer it to be serviced regularly. And that's exactly why more New Englanders choose Preferred Air, the heating and air conditioning company that doesn't just sell energy efficient systems like Carrier and Mitsubishi, they'll take care of them. Get a Preferred membership and you'll enjoy year-round peace of mind. Both your heating and AC is tuned up and in good condition. Click and save Preferred air.com now in case you need emergency repair they're available 24 7 or if it's time to upgrade your system they'll be happy to provide a quote preferred air they're honest professional they're preferred call 888-750-8282 888-750-8282 or preferredair.com All right, we are back. Uh, second segment, and once again, um, Real-Time Real Estate with Vin and As always, it's brought to you by Liberty Law, which I know you guys work with, uh, Charlie and Rob over there. And um, those guys do a great job with, uh, you know, um, a lot of doing the, uh, the closings and reviewing and anything else that has real estate law involved with it. But it's a good concierge uh, law firm out of Newburyport in Boston. In Nantucket or whatever else that they have on their commercial, <laughs> but uh, all right. So we're back. You know, people listening um, or, or watching. Um, you know, sometimes you know, if you're thinking about getting or first-time buyers, I guess this is the best thing because there. I think that's a scary point of like, what do I do? What's the first steps? Kind of things. And I always tell people, go talk, see what you can afford, or see what you need to do to get to the position to be a good buyer. But do you guys have any good tips, uh, Mike? Maybe when you have you start off first. Yeah, so I actually answered this question yesterday, yesterday for someone at an event. Um, the first thing you want to do is, is look to get pre-approved. Um, this is because you want to figure out where maybe the warts are in your lending profile. Um, you want to do this at least, I don't know, six months out before you even start looking, I would say, um, especially if you're a first-time home buyer. Just make sure your credit's in good shape. Make sure you have the necessary um, funds for down payment. If you don't, you know, work on your saving. And, um, you know, we'll, we can guide you as to what how um, your salary's buying power uh, uh, will create. So those three things just... Uh, is I this a the, quick process, though, for them, or is it like... It, it can be a quick process to get the information that they need. Yeah. And, and yes, the pre-approval process can be very quick and be done in an afternoon. So, because, you know, and I, and I try to tell people, too, that, that it's, you know, just like you said, you know, the, the further out you talk to somebody, the better, because now, now you can at least plan for it. And it doesn't cost them anything to have a conversation. Right. You know, they talk. You, you guys kind of 
give them a task, either fix this, do this, save this, don't buy that. Right, and it just makes <laughs> and it makes their life so much easier down the road, especially when we get into the underwriting process after they get an accepted offer. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Chris? Any good tips? Uh, I mean, I think honestly, that credit one is a big one. We've got, I can't tell you how many people we find or I find that have short credit, not established credit. Yep. Um, blemishes on their credit that they had no idea were there. Usually it's cell phones, medical bills, $20 collections that have kind of, so that's a big one. Once that's out of the way, um, you know, you're pretty much in the, in the green there. Consolidating funds is another one. Um, a lot of first time home buyers have gift funds or have money coming from uh, a myriad of, of places. If you can get all of that stuff kind of consolidated into one account, even if you're gonna buy in six months and you get everything into an account, if you don't buy anything, the money's still there. Right. Um, but that makes your life that much easier. Every penny that gets infused into a scenario, I don't care where it comes from, has to be vetted. But the banks only go back two months. Yeah. So if you have everything in an account day one and you're ready to roll, we need two months bank statements, you're good to go. If you move everything around or send it all into one account the month before, every single one of those accounts has to be vetted. And, and you get scrambling. It just starts making your life a little yeah. bit more difficult. And then you have to do gift letters from mom and dad. If they were going to give you the money now, they would have given you money a couple of months ago. Not that it's not stuff that we can't mitigate, but it makes the transaction just smoother. I'm big proponent of path of least resistance for the borrower. Right. Less work for them, less work for me. It makes it that much right. easier. And then the third one is the concept of payment shock. So a lot of these kids, if they're living at home, obviously aren't paying anything, most, right. most likely. But if they're renting and they're paying 1100 bucks a month, what are they amenable to spending? Now, just because you can afford it doesn't mean you want to pay for it. So Correct. If you, if you say, I'm not going to pay more than two grand a month all in and you're getting a condo, well, that gives us an idea based on your down payment where to start. You're going to take into consideration condo fees and taxes as the variables. But if we know what you're not willing to spend more than, we already kind of know what to cater the loan to. So those are the big things to just kind of get the ball rolling. Nice. No, I mean, and I think that's always helpful because, again, it's like, and I tell people this all the time, like, get get your ducks in a row yeah. early. And, you know, it's, it's always helpful. And even the real estate end of things, you know, we can, we can stop planning. Um, and you said it earlier. It doesn't cost anything. Right, I mean, right. it's literally a conversation. Like, I, tr I pride myself on being pretty, like, hands-on and normal. Like, I'm not salesy. Right. And try to keep it simple and just give them some information. You may never hear from them again, but at least they got the information they needed. I mean, well, and I think people who don't know this or haven't gone through the process, it's just intimidating, but yeah. it really shouldn't be. It's right. like, hey, you know, talk to some people who are professional, have a good team behind you. I always say that. Have someone who's going to be able to, who knows the financing end of things, who knows the real estate end of things, have good attorneys, um, good home inspectors. Every, everything is always yeah. a, a good team, makes it a lot less stressful and, um, you know, less chance for some crazy things to happen. Very true. Um, so, you know, a couple of things I wrote down, I, I don't know, I mean, you know, other stuff like is there, you know, we're dealing with a competitive market. I mean, do, do you have tips in, in the sense of like, again, being prepared, but, you know, I know a lot of times you might have to sell a house. So this is more of a question for somebody who's, hey, we need, we want to upgrade, we want to, we want to downsize, um, but we have a house to sell. Um, there's ways around that sometimes. And I, and I know, I know it doesn't work for everybody. I know this is a case by case yeah. um, thing, but, um I, I always tell people, you know, look into your 401k, um, but, you know, obviously that's something they that have that conversation with you guys about. It. Yeah. I mean, it really comes down to feasibility. And yeah. to your point, it really comes down to case by case. It's just not a viable option for some people to not sell their property to buy another one. They either don't qualify to carry both or they 100% necessitate those proceeds to facilitate the new transaction. If those aren't the case, but you don't have the money, but you can carry the mortgage, um, 
you know, we've been doing, I've done quite a few of them. I've got a few going on now where we're taking out bridge loans, ostensibly they're bridge loans, but they're home equity lines on their existing property in order to facilitate the down payment on the new property. Yeah. And then, you know, for, everybody wants to know that they're not going to be carrying two mortgages at one time. Um, but typically, we could sell it pretty quickly. Exactly. It's more, it's more right. in the offer process. It's usually more of a timeline right. issue. It's like, can you get everything lined up? If you're going to sell a property, is it going to sell by the time you buy your new one? And if it doesn't sell by the day you close on the new one, any proceeds are basically not admissible. Right. So it's more of a timing thing. I mean, some people just want to keep it as an investment, and that's great. Um, but, I mean, that's the big thing is finding out if you can physically facilitate the new transaction without liquidating that home. So at least it's a good option, right. and again, yeah. it's, and I, and I, you know, again, I always encourage people have that conversation because you don't have to feel like this is this is the only route you can go. There might be you might be shocked by what you find. Right, you can sometimes mitigate maybe your uh, initial payment by with your IRA or your four hundred one k. Yeah, um, without penalty, right? Without, uh, yeah, it depends on depends on the four hundred one k, and then uh, with an IRA, you have sixty days to pay it back. Which is cool. So, so if like, and, and you know, a lot of times that's why I say, listen, your house is going to sell. We know it will sell. Right. It's just a matter of. <laughs> not scaring another seller away when you want to buy their house, that you have to sell your house, da 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 da, da That's so, why if you can be creative so they don't have to go in with a contingency, it makes them that much stronger. Oh, sure. Of course. As long as they, we can figure out a way to qualify them, it may not always be the ideal situation. Again, taking out a 401k loan, I do tons of those. Yeah. They're not that big of a deal. I mean, it's literally a phone call to your HR department. You can usually have the money in three days, and they'll dump it into your account. Yeah. You just have to obviously take into consideration the consequences if you don't pay it back within that kind of free window that they have. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that's all good tips and things for people to know and to keep in mind. Um, so, you know, in the process, we kind of talked about that. I mean, you guys kind of are holding your hands from six months out, hopefully, through putting the offer in and then, you know, kind of, you know, walking people through. And I think that's a good side of it. But um, uh, the other thing I was going to ask you, like, this whole thing, I know the funny thing is, is, like, people hear all these stories and, like, they never get it. You know, but things, crazy things happen, but they don't realize it. Um, in your experience, have you seen some stuff that's happening? Like, oh, you gotta be kidding me because things seem like they should have been good, but they didn't happen. <laughs> if you do it long enough, there's. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it too. I mean, trans oh, I see it all. Yeah, transactions. I've seen stuff blow up for. A the normal things are appraisals coming in short. When they come in egregiously short, when nobody anticipated it, that's usually a real shock. I mean, I yeah. had one last year that came in like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars short. So the we, appraisal, the wow. appraisal. We thought it was going to come in short because they were overpaying maybe a hundred grand, but it was three hundred short. So I mean, that's kind yeah, of you fix that. Yeah, and again, that's not really on the borrower so much, um, but borrowers. I um, mean, the big thing we were talking about it earlier is people doing things during the process. Um, during the process, I'm buying a house. You need to keep it everything kind of as is on the application. Now, under normal circumstances, we don't end up repulling credit. So, in theory, you can kind of go do what you want to do. Yeah. But on like new construction where these loans kind of drag out because the house isn't done and some of this stuff expires, I mean, I've seen uh, pay stubs come over that have literally thousands of dollars in alimony payments that were not on there when we got the first ones because they were going through a divorce and they never told us. Um, what we were talking about earlier, I had a kid who we repulled credit and he bought a Maserati. Payment was like 1100 bucks a month. His debt-to-income ratio went through the roof, and I had to basically scold him and send him back to the uh, dealership, and he brought it back. I had to get a letter from the dealership. I had to get proof of receipt, proof of payment, proof of return. It was a whole thing. He was not happy. Did he buy it after he bought his house? Oh, I guarantee you, within <laughs> 10 minutes of that place closing, he was probably on the first train over to that uh, Maserati shop. And then I just had it happen again with a physician in Boston. Same exact thing. Bought a BMW. 
I mean, these guys, you know, when the ratios are tight, everybody assumes that, well, the money just, it, it has to come from somewhere. And on paper, this needs to work. It doesn't mean you can't afford it. Yeah. The kid was probably paying his Maserati bills. I mean, he was based on the credit report. Yeah. But on paper, the kid, you know, they were overextended. So that's the biggest thing. Well, I tell people don't buy boats, no. don't buy like furniture, don't buy, buy a house. Yeah, yeah, don't buy <laughs> <laughs> Have a friend with a boat, right? And that's the best one. I mean, at least a house has the possibility of appreciating, but there's no boats that are going to appreciate. Yeah, yeah. I'll be you, Mike. I know we had that one mike and i had a deal recently and it was just like oh dude. it was more of a spiteful realtor who just oh. like like yeah. killed the appraisal right oh yeah yeah i also had an, uh, an immigration issue too with uh, an asylee and that was that was hard it's heartbreaking oh. a little bit too mm-hmm. uh because he was perfectly qualified and whatnot but just the way the way his immigration status was set up it was just it was you know not the right loan for so that him. never happened then yeah it didn't go through it was, it was you know it was tough oh my god so People. Yeah, giving borrowers bad news is the probably the least fun part of this job. But it, especially if it's an extenuating, like kind of unforeseen circumstance. Yeah, you it know. doesn't happen too often. A lot of the stuff is kind of you have kind of an inclination that something's going to happen. And you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. But when they come out of the blue, um, but those guys with the cars, I didn't. I was not the least bit unabashed to uh, reach out to them and be like, "Dude, you're, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm working for you, but still, we have to kind of do this together, and you can't. You're kind of sabotaging yourself right now." You so know, they help me help you. Was, yeah, but here's the thing: that I think in the end of the day, and and I think um, certainly things will always happen, but I think again, knowing that um, you know, if, again, as as being consumer, if stuff happens, having good people behind you to kind of figure out a way to figure it figure it out. You know, having good resources or just being um, resourceful in that sense. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? You get the Maserati, return it. We'll figure it out. Not like, oh, deal's dead. Sorry. So it's it's. I, I think it's good that you don't give up. You fight hard. You look for ways to you look for ways to fix things until you know it can't be fixed. Yeah. I mean, we're working just like you're working for your client. We're working for our borrowers. So yeah. At the end of the day, in theory, they're the boss. I mean, we we try to acquiesce as much as we can but at some point you have to kind of make sure things stay within the confines of how things need to get done and keeping some people in that directive is not always the easiest thing in the world but most of the time it's not too bad yeah cool all right we're gonna take a quick break we'll come back and talk nothing about mortgages Is your retirement moving full steam ahead? Are you sure you're on the right track to reach your retirement goals? Wondering how much money you'll need to last your lifetime? We can help you find out. We're Sure Financial Associates, independent financial professionals. Because we're independent, we don't work for a big brokerage firm. We work solely for you and focus on what's best for your retirement. Together, we'll analyze your goals, discuss your options, and create a retirement plan that's right for you. Be sure your retirement plan is headed towards your goals and dreams. Full steam ahead. To get a complimentary consultation, call Alexander Schur at 781-598-9309. Get independent financial advice. Alexander Schur is located at 100 Conifer Hill Drive in Danvers, Mass. Call 781-598-9309. That's 781-598-9309. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Liberty Law and Title LLC, with offices located in historic downtown Newburyport and Boston's Financial District. Liberty Law is one of the region's first truly concierge real estate law firms, closing commercial and residential real estate deals from New Hampshire to Nantucket. Liberty Law brings more than 20 years of coastal, historic, and strategic real estate expertise to every client, every deal, every time. 
For valuable information, strategic tools, and useful videos, visit Liberty Law today at libertylawma.com. That's libertylawma.com. We are back, and uh, you know, so I love these guys. Not only know their their mortgages, but they're also big sports guys. And uh, you know, Bruins had a big win last night, Game Seven. We got the NFL Draft tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world. Kentucky Derby's coming up. I know Chris loves the horses. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to bet the ponies. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, it, you know, and you guys are both New Hampshire guys. But you know, you, you, you cheer for obviously all the Boston teams. I I, I assume. I hope uh, Boston Cannons. What, what do you like? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, to your point on the uh, to the, your point on the ponies. I'm so uh, adept at betting that last year I had to literally disrobe uh, and jump into Lake Winnipesaukee after my horse came in dead last. Is that, wait, so the guy who had the dead last horse had to jump in? Well, it wasn't dead last. There was six of us. We wrote down a myriad of rules. Yeah. Uh, included a few adult beverages and some kind of silly things he had to do. And I, and some money, I lost all of it. I had to, I got the brunt of it. I had to pay out and I had to walk down these huge stairs at my house up at the lake and there was literally still ice floating in there. Oh. And I had to run in, I would swim out to the dock and I almost died. <laughs> oh my God! So maybe we won't repeat that this year. But Gronk is in the Derby this year, so that's where my money lies. Oh, I know. There's a horse named the Gronk. Horse named Gronk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he bought into it. You're like, he, wait, is, is, is Gronk? Gronk is actually running this year. <laughs> he's going to race the horses. Yeah, <laughs> actually, he's out. That horse is out. It's oh, out. Really? They pulled him. Yeah, an infection. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's too bad. Well, the real Gronk is uh, committed to next year, so that's good. Yeah, that's, that's that was really good, good news this week. <laughs> yeah, good game last night. I let the kids stay up last night uh, late, and I paid the paid the price this morning but it was worth it for a game seven it's a this is the best time of the year for sports other than the fact that football's not well there's stuff happening right. NFL season's got it's like it you get the season then you get the off season which yeah. is yeah. sometimes just as entertaining I think the draft tonight is going to be very I don't know it's going to be very interesting do, do you do you think they're going to keep those picks do you think they tra- I mean I don't think Belichick ever stays with I'm almost more interested in what other teams are going to do I mean there's just so many options the Browns at one and four I mean they're perennial dogs they they don't ever do anything right there's talk they may take a running back number one now we go take Barkley. whoever's left at four um, i almost feel like that's I, probably not a bad choice because i i you well, know barkley's I, probably a sure thing yeah these quarterbacks could end up being you know ryan leaf or something that's the thing <laughs> and then that's what you hear yeah you, know? you think browns will probably trade back to like the third round with their first pick I, you know, given their history. they should have just traded for Garoppolo and gave us one of those picks. That would have been much. That better. wasn't on the Browns. The Browns offered. Right. Oh, we, we'd be sitting that. at number four right now if Belichick wasn't so uh, so hangry. <laughs> Easy Felger. And we got, yeah. and we got game six tonight. Celts. That's right, game six Big tonight, game man. Tonight. So a lot, lot going on. I know. Celts are, are going to lock it. I think Celts will win. I hope so. It's yeah, like you know they looked unbelievable in the first two, and you know the, they got Marcus Smart back now. That's true. Mm-hmm. Marcus brings the attitude. So yeah, he brings an attitude. Right? Are you guys, so what, if you had to rank like the top four, like you know, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, what's your favorite teams? Like in that sense, uh, I'd go Pats. I'd go Pats, Celtics, and then kind of a tie at the bottom. Probably Bruins. Actually, Red Sox. The last couple of years, I mean, it's just I'm pretty hyper and yeah. watching those games. I mean, it's just like watching, it's a drag. It's like watching corn grow. It's just uh, I, I like to see who wins. I'm excited when they do win. I'll watch. I like watching the ninth inning. I like yeah. watching Kimbrel yeah. go out there and go nuts. Uh, but the I'm the same way. I feel like I watched baseball more when I was younger. 
And Very I much. never watch it anymore. I, I follow baseball like it's like 1930. I read about it in the newspaper. Yeah. I'll like <laughs> the box scores. You know, I'll look at the box scores and I'll like if I'm like you know cooking dinner or whatever, I'll have the game on in the background. It's it's nice summer background news. I yeah. completely. That's like that's perfect thing for if baseball. It's at a bar. It's too. like passive watching. You yeah. leave it on, then you do go about your business. You check back 10 minutes later, and you're like literally nothing's happening. It's like watching the Masters. <laughs> right. No, the Masters is awesome. Don't get me started. Actually, if I had to put all of those things, I would have the Patriots, and then if I had to watch a sporting event, it would be the Masters after that. In Kentucky Derby? I'm never watching that again. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys aren't going to do that bet again? I feel like you need, like... Hey, you need some, you need some, I had money on that. I didn't even know there. There. that Gronk um, well, was out. Well, it's been out. so Yeah, I don't know if anybody's coming up this year. I think I just kind of detached it from my mind and was just going to watch it at home on the, wearing a Snuggie. <laughs> maybe we, we will... Well, if, you're, if you're in town, we'll have to set something up at your office, maybe. It's Ooh. on a Saturday. I know. Why not? You have an office in town. Well, I also have a house in town, which might be more conducive than the office. You know, you get, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, and I agree with you, too. I think I'm going to have to go Patriots, Celtics, mm -hmm. and then uh, probably Red Sox and then Bruins. I, I, I mean, I, I like playoff hockey. I can't imagine. I don't pay attention as yeah. much. I know a little more about the Red Sox. But I don't. It, it's and it's funny. Someone was saying this the other day. They're like, you know, it seems like when you're younger, you watch baseball all the time. But then as you get older, yeah. at yeah. least that's what I find. But then you it seems like not... all the real diehard baseball fans are all older than than we yeah. are. Lou, you a big yeah. baseball fan? Yes. Yeah. If I were going to answer that question, it would be I like baseball the best, but I'm still a fanboy for the Patriots. Yeah. I I, st I get excited for the Patriots. The hardest thing with the Red Sox is that the the turnover is such that. Almost every single year, there's nobody identifiable on yeah. the team. I mean, once Poppy left, I mean that was it didn't matter what was going on around him. Everybody yeah. kind of galvanized around him and focused on him from a fan standpoint. But now there's no Pedroia. I mean, what are you going to root for? Baseball, Hanley? baseball yeah. isn't the game though. Baseball is a novel. Yeah, that's it's true. not tonight's game. It's yeah. the summer. That's right. true. Yeah. Right. Well, that's true. Guys, thanks for coming on. If anybody has any information um, that they'd like to hear about Physicians Bank, we'll post it on our site. And uh, these guys are awesome. They can answer any of your questions. And uh, we'll hear you. See you next week. Thanks. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, guys.